Hi there. Do you know what your anxiety profile is? Me, I was a besieged panicker. We often say that the first step to reversing anxiety is to understand it. And that's why we've created a tool to help you discover your anxiety profile. And it's totally free. In about 90 seconds, you'll receive your customized anxiety profile. And it will answer so many questions you've probably been struggling with, including, am I going crazy? And why me? So if you haven't yet, pause this episode and head to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile or click the link in the show notes. I promise you'll get a lot more out of this and every episode once you know your anxiety profile. And now, on to the show. Hello, hello, Erica back with the Life Free of Anxiety podcast. I'm smiling right now because (laughs) I just talked to Faison Covington, who is a licensed uh, clinical social worker. She specializes in anxiety for children and adults. So she's got the whole lifespan perspective, and she's been practicing for 40 years. But that's not why I'm smiling. I'm smiling because, and I'm sure Dr. Barr is smiling too, we both spent quite a bit of time with Faison, and not in person and not on the phone, because Faison actually came out with the change program a while back, and it was a program that took off. This was in the 80s, but it really took off because they use cognitive therapy along with body relaxation exercises and a couple other things. But it's it's an incredible program. It's the one Dr. Barr and I just took over. Faison has not been the owner for a while now, but her voice is still on it. And you get to hear her anxiety journey so many years back and how she recovered. And I think she's so brave for doing that. And I tell her on the podcast because. At that time, a lot of people weren't sharing vulnerabilities. It wasn't like Instagram cool to be on and saying, you know, I struggled with this today and this and I'm so relatable, uh, like, you know, how it is now. Back then, sharing your vulnerabilities, you risked sounding a little out there, especially when it came to anxiety. So basically, I feel like I know Faison so well. This was only my second conversation with her. But it was a great one, and we're going to kind of get to know her in this episode. You're going to hear about her going on Oprah and what made her Larry King interview experience unique. I mean, this was a program that was really out there in the world for a while, and that's why we want to bring it back, because it was introduced to me by Dr. Barr. It was introduced to Dr. Barr by somebody else. But if you do the program, it really works. And you're going to get to know Faison as well if you do the program and you're going to kind of get to go to her past in the program and you're going to get to go to her future in this episode and just hear what she's been up to and and how she has used all that she has learned for good. So if you're interested in the change program and that's change with two A's, head to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash change and that's change with two A's. Um, Let's get into this episode talking to Faison. And just hearing about where she's been, some of you might even know her or know the program and are excited to get an update from her. So let's go and talk to her. Welcome to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast, where each week we'll bring you another discussion to help you on your way to overcoming your fears. I'm Erica, and together with Dr. Charles Barr, a licensed clinical psychologist specializing in anxiety, we'll be your guides on this journey. Because you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. 
Well, here with me, I've got Faison Covington. Faison, this is only my second time talking to you on the phone, but I feel like I've spent way more time with you than that. Actually, I have hearing your voice um, on the change program, Dr. Barr and me both. Do you get told that a lot, that people feel like they know you? And you're like, uh. I do. I do. <laughs> it's great to be with you today, Erica. Thank Aww. you for inviting me. Yes, it's so great to have you on. But Faison, I believe that you're proof that anxiety can lead to good things in life because of the way just things happen for you. You you struggled with anxiety yourself at one point, and that was that was a long, what was that, about 10 years of your life? It was 13 years. 13 years? Pretty close to 13 years, yes. It was scary because I didn't always have a diagnosis, so I didn't really know for sure what was wrong with me um, for a long, long time. I knew that anxiety was part of the picture, but I I didn't know whether I had a a true mental illness or not. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't. And I didn't know if it was going to lead to, you know, something awful like having to be put in a mental hospital. or I just didn't know. And the reason I didn't know was because the doctors didn't know then. Mm. Um, I couldn't, I had a really, really, really hard journey finding the correct diagnosis Mm -hmm. and the correct prognosis. And wonderfully, the good news is that anxiety has an, an amazingly high rate of cure. Mm. So this is, the National Institute of Mental Health says that this is the most treatable of all of the, all of the disorders that affect people. Interesting. Um, so, yeah. So what I thought was really bad news for a long time was really good news mm. is what I had wasn't awful and it didn't impair me permanently. My brain is fine. My body is fine. Mm -hmm. I'm functional. I'm fine. And um, I got over it. So it's even though it was painful and difficult and long and scary, the the good news is it's over. I don't have it anymore. And on the change program, I learned you had you had trouble like doing basic things like sitting in church would really get to you or having company over with something that would get to you or just overthinking things in general. Is that correct? That's kind of what you were dealing with at the time. Well, I had a, I had physical symptoms that were so powerful and so distressing um, called panic attacks mm-hmm. that what I ultimately did, the way I managed my panic attacks was by avoiding any place where they tended to happen if I could avoid that place. Mm-hmm. So you can avoid church. Mm-hmm. You can't, but it's going to make you go there. Um, there are lots of things that are you can you can just not do. Right. But there are lots of things that you do still have to do. And so it's not like avoiding kept me from having panic attacks. Mm-hmm. It just kept me from having some panic attacks. <laughs> Is that how it always goes? Yeah. I know exactly what yeah. you mean there. It, it, yeah. It, it, it changed how many I had. Um, but I still was having them because you, there's some things you just have to do. You have to go to the doctor. You have to get your hair cut. Uh, I worked many of those years, not all of those years, but many of those years I worked. So I, w- I went to work. I also missed work a lot. Yeah. But I also went a lot and had panic attacks mm. and came home and, you know, just it was 
It was awful. Yeah. And I think one of the worst things about it was that I was so ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. I really Me too. I really could not tell people. Yes. I had the so same problem. When I had to miss work, I was lying. I was lying to people. Mm-hmm. And that didn't feel good. Right. That didn't feel good. So you had that too? I had, were... yes. I had the shame thing. I said recently, I think I had the shame thing worse than anyone I know because there's so many people who have anxiety and they talk about it. I hit it so hard because I was really convinced that something was very wrong and I didn't want people to know that about me. Same here. Same here. Yeah, that was just, I didn't know what was going on and I was not about to share it. I remember I was telling my husband recently, one of the first times I had depersonalization, which is the feeling of unreality. I Googled it and I could barely look at the computer. I just couldn't even, I couldn't even face what it might say. What if it said I was insane? You know, what? I don't know what's going on. I don't know what Google's going to tell me. And it, it was, yeah, I mean, I was hiding things and I was even hiding learning about things for a while. Not that that was the best place to go, but um, you brought up earlier, you know, this is easy, this can be treated, but the problem is, is that there's not a lot of help on how to treat it, right? I mean, still to this day, you struggled with anxiety a, a while back, but still to this day, it's hard to get a proper diagnosis and not be sent home with an antidepressant or a Xanax or something like that. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. Yeah, it's sketchy. Yes. Um, you might You might go to the emergency room and there might be a medical professional in there that says, okay, you're having a panic attack. This Mm -hmm. is adrenaline. It's not going to hurt you. Um, Cut out your caffeine, go home, rest for a couple of days. You're going to be fine. You don't, you you don't, you probably don't need to take anything. Yeah. There are going to be some doctors that say that some medical people, nurses, doctors, PAs, you know, first responder people that get it right, but Mm -hmm. mostly they don't get it right. Still, still, Yes. Still. That's so, so they sad. might say, oh, there's no, there's nothing wrong with you. Well, crap on that. There is something wrong with you having a panic. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you can't tell somebody who just had that, that, hey, you're just fine, because they know they're not. Yes. So you need to just do more than say you're fine. Yeah. Uh, you need to say what it is, why it came about, and what the person needs to do about it. And you need to say it kindly. Yeah. With kindness. Um, and that is just unfortunately not yet happening in a way that's reliable in this country. It's just not reliable that that happens. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you are either. Just you just you might or you might not fall into the right right help. right um, right. So you were able to recover. If you could give me a very very brief sentence of what that looked like, because I know it's a long story, but. Um, what what was recovery like for you, and um, and ultimately where did it lead you? Because you're now working as a licensed clinical social worker who practices psychotherapy in North Carolina. So you've made this your life. But what did what did recovery? How did that happen? Well, I, the I saw a I, for all those years I saw only the top doctors. I saw psychiatrists, MDs. Mm. Because I thought something was really, really, really awfully wrong with me and I needed to go to, you know, I would have never gone to like somebody like me, a social worker. I wouldn't have. Yeah. Because I thought I was in, I, I think I thought I was mentally ill. I did. Yeah. Or something. Me too. What I thought. Yeah. Anyway, so finally I had, um, I went to see this person who I knew 
and I called her and on the phone over a weekend and said, um, I'm not, I'm having this feeling. And she said, okay, I'll see you. So I saw her like three days, two, three days later. And she knew what it was. She was able to tell me what it was. She was able to describe how it was, how my body was making this happen Mm -hmm. and how my mind was enabling it to continue by letting it scare me. And she taught me skills and techniques and things to do to get out of the way so that my body could stop doing this, so it could heal. So it would be like if I had, if I had um, a cut on my arm and for, for 13 years I had scratched it. Mm-hmm. And I had scratched it so that it kept bleeding and kept bleeding and kept bleeding and it couldn't heal. Yeah. So what I was doing was I was keeping my body and mind I'm getting over this because I couldn't let it alone. I couldn't leave it alone. I was so scared. And I would wake up in the morning. I would monitor how I felt. And I'd decide if I could go to work or couldn't go to work, if I could drive or couldn't drive. Mm. And and my whole life was revolving around it. After treatment, after my good treatment, um, my mind didn't revolve around it anymore. I'd notice it if it would come in. I would work with it in a compassionate, loving kind of way to myself. I recognized what my body's part of this was, what my mind's part of it was, the part that nutrition played, the part that exercise played, the part that just, I just learned how to have a holistic approach to being well. Yeah, that's kind of what it takes, right? The whole picture. Well, that's what I think it takes. I mean, there, there are people who have had spontaneous recovery from this without this kind of stuff, but so often they, they get it again. Yeah. I, it, it comes back. And that is not what I wanted. <laughs> yes, yes. When you have anxiety, you never want to see it again. Yeah, I did not want it to come back again. <clears throat> and Yeah, and it has and I've been I was thirty when I got over this and okay. I'm seventy one now. Okay. So I've been over it. 41 years. I've wow. been over it a lot, a lot longer than I had it. Um, even if you count that I had some of this in childhood, which I did. Me too. And yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people will have, will have had this in childhood too. To some degree, without, right? To some degree. Yeah. Without, maybe without full out panic attacks, but mm-hmm. some avoidance behavior or some, yes. some worrisome thoughts, some beliefs that something's happening that is not normal. Yeah, I had that. Right. So I've been over it a long time now, and it's pretty wonderful. So recovery is absolutely wonderful. It, it really is. <laughs> you know, it just, there's just nothing else to say about it. I, I didn't. I didn't know for sure if I would ever, ever have this. So just having it is, it's just such a pleasure. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just didn't, I just didn't know. I would live this way the rest of my life. Right. Yeah, we all kind of feel like that. And it's so funny because I'm talking, I'm just, it's dawning on me right now. I'm talking to somebody who helped me recover. I was given so many pieces of the puzzle along the way. Breathing relaxation was introduced to me before I met Dr. Barr and before I did the change program with you. But I didn't realize how much I needed to be doing it. You know, I just knew I should do it and, and, and simple things like that. But one thing I love about having this program and having, you know, is 
people listen to me is that I get to tell people that, you know, there's hope and there's fun, there's fun things on the other side. You have had some cool experiences after recovering. You did a ton of media. Were, were you on Oprah? Is that correct? Did you go on Oprah to talk about this? Yes, yeah. I mean, that's Eric, cool. I was on Oprah when Oprah was still in Baltimore doing oh. doing this two-hour show in the morning called People Are Talking. <laughs> and then I was on, then I was on, I mean, it had a dialing for dollars segment and a cooking segment. Oh, wow. Wow. No, I did Oprah then, but then I I went when she moved to Chicago and became syndicated. Um, several of us from the Change Program were invited to come up, and we went to the real the real Oprah show. <laughs> the <laughs> so real then, Oprah. Yeah, so I've been, I've, Oprah Oprah and I go way back, and she was so amazing to really? be. It was so amazing to be interviewed by her because her listening is so complete. Mm-hmm. And when she looks at you and listens to you, like she could have really been a therapist. I mean, she was wow. so good and so validating. And I just, I loved it. No. I loved, I love being, I've been interviewed by a lot of people, but nobody is, nobody is better than Oprah to I, me. Yeah, I guess. I've, I've been on Larry King and I've been on a, a lot of shows. Oh, Larry King. A lot King. of different shows. Yeah, I like Larry King too. But boy, he, he is, his style is the opposite. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like he just goes <laughs> at you with your questions. Okay, and what about this? And what about this? I feel like men and women have different styles sometimes too. Men are a little more aggressive sometimes with their <laughs> with their interviewing and with women well, he we get did lost. Not, he did not think that our that our show was going to be of interest to people. Oh, really? But he had been he had been on hiatus and he came back and his producer had booked us. Uh-huh. And he was not happy. <laughs> so I was on there with Nancy Grace, who also co-founded this program with me. Hmm. And so, and, and you were alive in the studio from midnight to three a.m. So that's wow. that's how Larry could work then. And so we showed up at midnight, and he said, "This isn't going to be interesting. I don't know why they booked they booked this." And mm-hmm. we said, "You," and we said, "You wait." We said, "You wait. Yeah. You wait." And That's the phones funny. went crazy. Wow. And all of a sudden he got involved. He got really and he was like, Call call these people. Call call these people. <laughs> you shouldn't have to feel this way. Oh. He he was all of a sudden he was our 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 biggest cheerleader. That's hilarious. It was so interesting to see it. Yeah. Wow. I've had a lot of really cool experiences like that. Yeah. But the best thing is sitting in my office and helping people. I yeah. just love it. I have to say, I find you to be a, a true hero because I'm thinking about this time when, you know, nowadays anxiety, a lot of people talk about anxiety. I mean, we everybody kind of says anxiety. It's sort of a buzzword sometimes. But back then, when you were really putting this out there, I could see that a lot of people like Larry King might be looking at you like, this is not what we talk about right now. We don't talk about these feelings. We don't know what they are and they're for crazy people or whatever. And you kind of, you know, you stood up strong and you said, I had this, I recovered for it. And I want this to be a conversation people are having. And because of that, you have helped so many people, including myself and Dr. Barr. So I, I really do. I see you as such a brave figure. Um, and and I, I just really I thank you for that, because if you hadn't been so brave to talk about these things and be OK with getting scoffed at, 
so many people wouldn't have gotten better. And so many people continue to get better in your office, which is amazing. Thank you for saying that. I really do believe that everybody can get better or over it. If somebody can't get over it, there's probably something else going on, like adrenal fatigue. Mm. So there's some some things that, that could cause it to be a little bit harder for people. But I know what those are, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so they're still away. You know, we can, yeah, so we can, so about 80% of the people come in and in four months, I don't ever see them again. Uh-huh. Most of the people just pretty smooth. Right. But a few, a few people, there's something else going on. And if there is, we can deal with that, too. The body wants to heal. Mm-hmm. The body wants to heal. That's what it wants to do. I love and that. We may have to look around a little bit harder sometimes. We, but we don't. We don't give up. And you know, people shouldn't be scared to go get help for this. People shouldn't be thinking, "Well, it worked for her, but it won't work for me." People should not do that. Yeah. Because it's just no fun to live your life with this level of avoidance right. behavior. Just don't need to avoid life. Now, if you want to avoid life, you can avoid life, but you don't, you shouldn't have to have anxiety. Just avoid, just, you know, be a, be a hermit. (laughs) Like right now we all are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. If somebody wants to do that, that's who cares. I don't care. Right. But not because of anxiety. Yes. Not because you can't go and do, or you can't function, not because you're living your life in fear. Yeah, Dr. Barr talks a lot about that, too. But if it's your choice, okay. But if you want to go and you're yeah. missing out, let's make it so you can go. Yeah, and it's most people, it's not their choice. They they, they don't want to live like this. Yeah. Most people do not do not want to live like this. I've had some people that didn't want to drive, who had a driving phobia, and they said, you know what, I don't think I want to drive. I go, you know what, that's fine. Yeah, if you don't want to, <laughs> make your husband or whoever don't, drive. <laughs> don't drive. Yeah. I mean... It's not a law somewhere that says in order to be a good adult, you have to drive. You don't have to drive. Don't drive. Yeah. It's it's all good. It's all good. It's not about me deciding what somebody needs. It's about them deciding what they need. Yeah. It's, it's you know, we, I don't make that choice for people. But if they want to do it, if they want to get over this, I can help them get over it. Right. I just can. Oh, and you I, can too. I know that from hanging out with you for 16 discs and hearing your story and saying, gosh, I feel like that. Or sometimes even saying, you know, I don't, I don't feel that bad that she felt, but I felt this way. And, you know, we all have different stories, but it was so relatable to hear your, your, your journey. And, and you really shared your vulnerabilities, which is again, something that's kind of in style now is to be vulnerable. But back then I imagine putting yourself on tape and talking about all these things was a different story with vulnerabilities. People didn't, you know, necessarily get it. Although the eighties were a time people started really calling on the therapist. I was you see that a lot of that even in the movies that somebody's got a therapist suddenly in the 80s. But <laughs> I still don't think the conversation was quite out there like it is now. And Well, he wasn't. And, that, and I had some family members that weren't thrilled about it. I right. mean, I, I had um, my mother wasn't thrilled about it. Um, mm. I had a grandmother who thought it was not in good taste. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I mean, that's very Southern, but that's what she thought. It was, you know, you just, that's not in good taste. You just don't, you just don't talk about those things. Mm. I said, well, I do. So whatever. I but I that. think she may have changed, she may have changed her mind. I don't know whether she did or didn't change her mind before she died, but I did, I did not stop it. Cause you had a yeah. purpose and I you think. knew, you knew what you were doing and you knew you had people to help. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Yes, I did. And it, it felt so good to help people. Yeah. I mean, it just, it just feels good. It does. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And to watch that progress. It's fun. I know with work, yeah. working with Dr. Barr, I really felt like when I, because one of my big phobias was the elevator, I really felt like he was so proud and happy for me. And I, I know he must have seen people get better a thousand times, but it felt like I was the only one. You know, it felt like he was just that happy for me. Like he had never experienced that before or something because he, he's, it was, you know, it's probably just as great every time somebody has these major breakthroughs. It's, it really is wonderful. It's a gift that you know, even when you expect it and even when you've predicted it, it just, it's just really nice. It just is. Well, I want to wrap up this segment right here because we're going to do a part two where we discuss children and anxiety. So, um, Faison, thanks for letting us get to know you right now and stay with us because we're going to record more. Okay, great. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope that something in today's conversation provided you with a feeling of hope, determination, or purpose. I know what you're going through. And that's why I want to give you some of the tools that helped me in my anxiety journey. To get your free copy of Dr. Barr's relaxation audio that helped change my life forever, just go to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash relax. Thanks again for listening. And remember, you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. See you next week. Before you go, I wanted to give you one last reminder to discover your anxiety profile at lifefreeofanxiety.com profile. Going forward, we really think this should be the starting point for everyone's anxiety journey. Once you're done, once you're done, you'll probably wonder how we could learn so much from just a few questions. It really is amazing. What you don't see is behind the scenes, your responses are compared to what we've learned from helping over 200,000 people just like you reverse their anxiety over the past 40 years. It's a data-backed assessment with real insights. I promise it's worth 90 seconds of your time, and it's totally free. Just click the link in the show notes or head to lifefreeofanxiety.com profile, and I'll talk to you again soon.